0: Ladies and gentlemen, we are live for MMA Sucker Radio.
1: This is MMA Fight Music Producer Mikey Ruckus. And you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at sucker.com.
2: Jeremy Brand back with another episode, absolutely fantastico episode of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com. as well as Last Word on Sports.com. You know we're not the only mixed martial arts podcast over at Last Word on sports there's a couple others our good friends um the parting shot podcast with james lynch and Carlin bardsley they're showcased over there at LastWordOnSports.com. on sports.com these guys they do great things they're they're a couple buddies from ontario and and they're doing fantastic episodes since bringing over Carlin bardsley not that they weren't doing fantastic episodes before but uh They've taken this game to a whole new level. Also over there, Hammer MMA Radio. This one is a good one as well, so check it out. Make sure you check out LastWordOnSports.com. Now, I have a great show for you guys today. I have two guests lined up. One was in the corner of Dan Henderson this past weekend at UFC Fight Night 68, and his name is Heath Sims. This guy goes way back. Um, He was a part of Team Quest, and and sort of the building blocks of that gym. And he's now training and living in Singapore, coaching Evolve MMA, and he's got a lot to say. So I brought Heath on to uh, chat about not only Dan Henderson, but what he has going on in Singapore. My other guest is uh, none other than UFC 188 fighter Yair Rodriguez. This guy is a featherweight prospect. He won tough Latin America and he will take on 10-1 and fighter Charles Rosa at UFC 188 in Mexico City. You'll hear from those two in a little bit. First off, let's talk this past weekend. UFC Fight Night Bosch versus Henderson. That's right, UFC Fight Night 68. This thing should have been dubbed and changed. The UFC should stand for Ultimate Finish Championship because every single fight other than two ended in a finish the entire main card i believe was finished in less than 21 minutes absolutely amazing let's go over some of the big happenings that happened over at ufc fight night 68 in louisiana that's right joe proctor picked up a huge submission victory with just two seconds left in the fight Picked up a guillotine choke against Justin Edwards, moving him into the winning column, picking up a victory, and uh, moving up that lightweight ladder. Sean Jordan had the highlight of the night for me. This guy, my goodness, him and Derek Lewis fighting back and forth for two rounds, and uh, Jordan decides to throw a hook kick. That stumbled Lewis. That It it was like a phantom hook kick. I didn't understand what what was happening. But after watching the replay, the hook kick connected. And Sean Jordan finished him with TKO. uh, Ground and pound. And uh, forced the referee to stop the fight. Moving on to the Fox Sports 1 main card. Bantamweights kicked off the first two fights. Francisco Rivera knocking out Alex Caceres in just 21 seconds. This guy is moving on up the ladder, and it's exciting to see what he can do. He's nothing but exciting. Bantamweight's Anthony Burchak and Joe Soto took to the cage, and a lot of people were picking Soto just because of what he did with TJ Dillashaw in that last-minute replacement fight that he had against him for the title. Well, guess what? Anthony Burchak proved him wrong picking up the knockout a minute and 37 seconds into the fight. The one fight that went out of the first round, in fact, it went out of the second round as well, were featherweights Brian Ortega, sorry, please forgive me there, Brian Ortega, and Tiago Tavares. These two tussled it up. Tavares looked pretty decent, but a nasty, nasty cut was opened up on Tavares. He was dripping all over Ortega. It was extremely nasty, Ortega was able to get the finish in the third round. A catchweight bout between Dustin Poirier and Yancy Medeiros took place um, just three fights before the main event. This one was uh, prior to the co-main event. Dustin Poirier looking like a monster in that lightweight division. Yancy Medeiros, oh my goodness, he took some serious punishment. A body kick, some punches. He was punished left, right, and center. And uh, Dustin Poirier picked up the finish. Co-main event. Matt Mitrione looked to have uh, some fun with Ben Rothwell. Picking him apart on the feet and bouncing around. Doing what Mitrione does. You know, moving around like a lightweight fighter... Not like a heavyweight, but unfortunately the guy decided to shoot for a takedown. What happened there? The veteran Ben Rothwell stuffed that takedown and locked in a go-go choke to finish and seal the deal. He had an odd, odd post-fight speech with John Annick, where he had this evil, devious laugh. And uh, it was just weird. You can check that out over at MMASucka.com. And the main event... I said we have Heath Sims, who is in the corner of Dan Henderson. What a fight for the 44-year-old Dan Henderson. Hendo unleashed that H-bomb on Tim Bosch, and he finished the fight in 28 seconds. He landed a serious right hand, followed by a big knee and an even bigger uppercut to finish Bosch. No one expected this. Not that no one expected Henderson to win, because I picked Henderson myself. But no one expected him to be able to finish Bosch this quickly. Congratulations to him and congratulations to the rest of the victors on this UFC Fight Night 68 fight card. This weekend, you know, it is always fight week, but it's a pay-per-view this time and it's a big one. We are uh, unifying the championships at the heavyweight division. Cain Velasquez, the champion, is finally back hasn't fought since October of 2013, and he's stepping in there against interim champ Fabricio Verdum. I, as always, will not give you my picks, but I am strongly surprised by how many people are picking Kane Velasquez in this one. He has not been in the cage in so long. He, uh, yeah, he's the champ. We understand that. He has had no punishment, really other than the one Junior Dos Santos fight. But that doesn't mean Fabricio Verdum doesn't have what it takes to take home the heavyweight title. So we'll see what happens there. Co-main event, Gilbert Melendez, Eddie Alvarez, uh, Calvin Gastelum takes on Nate Marquardt in a strange sort of matchup. And as I said, Yair Rodriguez, who is my guest, takes on Charles Rosa. UFC 188 pay-per-view goes down Saturday night, and what goes down now is my first interview with Heath Sims. This guy was a major part of the foundation of Team Quest and was in the corner of Dan Henderson at this past weekend's epic knockout against Tim Bosch. Please welcome Heath Sims to Sucker Radio. Heath, thanks for joining me today, man.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me.
2: Now, why don't you take us back... To the middle of last week, you and the rest of Henderson's team make your way down to the UFC Fight Night 68 um, camp. And uh, what was the mood like on fight week? Has it changed over the years? Um, It hasn't changed much.
3: I mean, Dan's a really relaxed guy. You know, he's been there so many times before that, uh, you know, he's got a little uh, routine that he likes to do, and he keeps it really simple. I like to get a couple hard workouts in and, uh, you know, I was on the end of some of those beatings, (laughs) but, uh, um, you know, it's just him at this point in his career, just being healthy, being relaxed and going out there and doing what he does.
2: I guess being a veteran, it, it's it, it does it helps a little bit because you know what's going to happen on fight week. He is getting up there in age. He has been in there with the best of the best, so I mean he's got to be a little more relaxed now than he was in the past.
3: Hey, well, Dan's always been, uh, you know, a good competitor. You know, he's had tons of wrestling experience, so he never was nervous. Plus, his personality is a relaxed guy, so that's never been an issue for Dan. Um, but you know at this point in his career he 's just taken to another level i mean he just he knows what to expect, he knows what to expect from his body, he knows what he 's got to do, he knows where he 's walking into so you know with all all those unknowns taken care of, you know he 's just relaxed and happy.
2: Many people counted him out prior to this fight um honestly, tell me what your mindset was going into the bout.
3: Well, I know, I always know for Dan, it's, it's kind of how he feels going into the fight. You know, a lot of times he'll fight with little injuries. Um, sometimes he'll get little sicknesses. Um, you know, but when Dan is able to fight like Dan, you know, he's, he's dangerous. Um, people know what he's going to do. He's not very unpredictable at this point in his career. Um, but he's just gotten so well at doing what he does and, when he can when he's healthy and he can go out there and do it, um, you know, it's just it's hard to stop.
2: He lands the big right hand early, followed by a knee, finished with an uppercut. How in awe were you that he finished a guy like Bosch as early as he did?
3: Yeah, I mean it's pretty amazing. I mean you can never expect that. Um, you know, everyone knows Dan's got some good power. If he hits you clean, you're in trouble, but you can never expect that in the fight. You're expected to go five rounds you expect it to be a battle and uh you know just uh fortunate that he
2: you know he landed a big punch early especially a guy like Bosch I mean we've seen him get rocked numerous times in the past by guys um not with the knockout power that Dan has but he usually regains his steam and 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 comes back and and fights for a little bit more but this one he pummeled early
3: yeah I mean it really was Unexpected. I mean, talking to Dan and his plan. I mean, he he thought he was going to have a, a, a tough battle. You know, he's going. He thought he'd be in there for five rounds and it'd be a, a tough back and forth fight. So, um, you know, again, it's just sometimes it works out like that. And <laughs> you got to take it and enjoy it.
2: Now, some fans and media think that that Dan should walk away from the sport on his shield with his head held high, coming off the victory, a big victory at that. But I know him being a fighter. And a, and a guy like Dan, he's not going to walk away. He doesn't want to retire. Um, of course, you can't tell him what to do, but do you think he should?
3: Um, I think his time is coming here real soon. Um, you know, walking away just because you have a good fight is not necessarily what he wants. So, you know, I think he, he feels he's still capable of, uh, of fighting well and beating good guys. And. Like I said, he's healthy and he he enjoys doing it. So, you know, for him, he's never been the guy who's always worried about some legacy or worried about his reputation. He just does what he does. He fights because he likes it. And, uh, um, you know, his career will end on a good note. And, uh, you know, it all all settles somehow. But, you know, I don't think he's too concerned about it at this point.
2: So at forty four years of age, um, it's just big name fights for him now. You'd think, correct? Not he. he you don't think he's on the run for another title shot. It, he's he's going after the big names and and sort of the super fight matchups.
3: Well, he's got a big big hill to climb to get back into title contention. You know, and you know it may happen. Who knows? Uh, you know, people get hurt, things happen, so you never know. But um, you know, it, it's. It's uh, getting harder and harder for him at his age. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, I heard, I heard a recent episode of Chel Sonnen's podcast with Randy Couture, and they were saying that Hendo is the laziest guy in the gym and has always been that way but claims he the, he's the hardest worker. <laughs> Can you confirm or deny this statement?
3: I wouldn't say he's the laziest guy in the gym. I would say he's <coughs> efficient. on what he does (laughs) you know he he knows the things that work for him he knows the things that don't work so he you know he doesn't he just doesn't he cuts through all the crap and he'll he'll work hard in the gym he knows what he has to do to to get in shape and he works hard he he always has i mean you, you don't have a career like he has had by being lazy so i i wouldn't say he's lazy by any means um but he's uh, he's very efficient in his training.
2: <laughs> did you happen to hear that episode of the podcast?
3: I, I didn't. No, <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty funny actually. <laughs> now let's 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 talk about you. You you're living in Singapore now. How long ago did you make that move, and what was the reasoning behind it?
3: Uh, I moved about three and a half years ago to uh, evolve Mixed Martial Arts, and uh, it's it's the largest gym in Asia. Uh, We have three locations in Singapore now, you know, thousands of members. Um, We have the biggest fight team in Asia. Most of our fighters fight in uh, the one championship. And, um, you know, I I went out there because um, I I just wanted to change. You know, I always traveled with my wrestling career with MMA and uh, wanted something different. It was a great opportunity. Um, The founder of Evolve is just a great guy. He's, he just comes from business background. It was a Harvard uh, MBA, so he runs the gym like a business. Uh, so it's great being there, and you know I'm surrounded with these superstar Muay Thai legends and Brazilian black belts, and um, you know just so much support for me and the fight team. That um, you know, it was just it was a great
2: opportunity. How does coaching there differ from back in the United States, at say Team Quest?
3: Um, it doesn't. I mean, coaching Bay is the same everywhere. The, the, I guess the difference there is they didn't have a strong of wrestling there. We have really good jiu jitsu, really good muay, thai, uh, but not much wrestling. So I help put together the wrestling piece into the MMA as well as put together you know all the training. Uh, the complete training program for the guys preparing for fights and rather training. Um, but you know, and, and, and MMA is still re- new in Asia and it's growing like crazy, you know, just like it did here in the early two thousands. Um, so it's, it's a uh, exciting time over there. It's ex- expanding into all these new countries and being adapted so quickly and new gyms are popping up. And so it's pretty exciting.
2: Now, you haven't fought in, in almost 10 years now. Does coaching these young guys in Asia ever give you the itch to get back in there?
3: No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was always one of those guys, you either do it 100% or I don't do it. You know, that's pretty much why I stopped, because I, I you know, I fought in my last couple of fights just because I was training a little bit, and eh, let's go fight. But, you know, I didn't really have, at that point, I, I wrestled for 20 years, and you know, I was just kind of uh, over the competitive aspect of it. So um, right now for me, you know, I just enjoy helping others, you know, and I, like I said, I have tons of support with all these other guys to help, help push our athletes and, uh, you know, make them, make them the best they can be. So it's uh, I enjoy that.
2: Now you get to work with Shatri Sityadong. This guy is one smart mofo out there. Uh, you're a wrestling guy. He's the stand-up guy. What have you taken away from working alongside such a genius?
3: Um, you know, he's just—he's one of those guys that has such a huge, um, so much knowledge in uh, martial arts. You know, again, he's been doing it since he was young. He's—he's um, he's, he has a huge passion for martial arts and jitsu and MMA. So, you know, working together with him uh, is great. We have the same mindset, almost almost every time we come down, come together with a game plan or a strategy, it's almost identical. We just think alike. Um, we think alike on on the the training for the guys. Um, so it's easy, you know, and I'm, I'm very fortunate to be able to work with someone like that because, uh, um, there's very far and few guys like that, that love MMA and can really help make things happen in the MMA world. So it's, it's, uh, I'm very fortunate.
2: Finally, I had one of your guys on the show last month, Eddie Ng from Evolve, and he spoke about one of his favorite foods being an Asian specialty called Kaya Toast. I've yet to try this thing, and uh, I, I really want to try it because this guy spoke of it as if it was like the most delicious food in the <laughs> world. Are you aware of this so-called Amazing Toast?
3: Oh, yeah. It's it's very popular in Singapore. It's almost like uh, peanut butter and jelly here. It's... Uh, just a, like a, a favorite of people a, a snack it's a you know sweet sweet kind of jelly um, with butter and people eat it for breakfast eat it for snacks and um, it's good yeah it's really good I'll, I'll, I'll snack out it once in a while <laughs> uh, it's funny though you know they Singapore's got a few dishes that are very Singaporean so when I first got over there chicken uh, rice is one of their big dishes. Everyone kept asking me, hey, have you tried chicken rice? I'm like, yeah, I've had chicken and rice before. <laughs> They're like, no, have you tried chicken rice? I'm like, it's chicken and rice, right? Like, yeah, but it's special chicken rice. <laughs> I'm like, okay, but it's chicken and rice with some kind of <laughs> sauce on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so now that you've
2: spent the last little few weeks back in the States, um, what is it that you miss the most?
3: Um, friends and family mostly. I mean, um, it's so easy nowadays to stay in contact with everybody. So, uh, um, you know, I talk to my friends and my family regularly, but you know, just being around them on a daily basis. Um, um, that's, that's the biggest thing, you know, being out of the country and visiting new places and living somewhere different. It's all fun to me. So, you know, you'll miss that part of it.
2: I said that last question was the last one, but I want to ask you, when do you think we can see Dan Henderson back inside the cage? What are your expectations? Do you think we'll see him back in there within the 2015 calendar year?
3: Uh, yeah, I would think so. For him, he needs to fight regular. Um, you know, Too much of a break is not good for him. He needs to stay in shape and get in there as soon as he can. Um, so I would, I would definitely say you're, you're going to see him again this year.
2: Heath, that about does it. Thanks so much for joining me today, man. Just let people know where they can keep up with what you've got going on in the social media universe.
3: Um, well, you can always, my Facebook, I you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I got all that usual stuff. So I post regular. I'm there, especially when I'm at events or preparing for events. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's about it.
2: Heath, all the best, man, Uh, and congratulations to your team this past weekend.
3: All right. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
2: Joining me now is the man who won tough Latin America. His name is Yair Rodriguez, and he will take on Charles Rosa at UFC 188 in Mexico City. Yair, thanks for joining me today, man.
0: Thank you, guys. Thank you for inviting
2: me. So just talk about Tough Latin America a little bit. What was that whole experience like for you uh, being involved in in that season of Tough?
0: Um, to be involved in the, in the, the Ultimate Fighter was uh, a pretty funny experience, a pretty good experience for me, and a, and a pretty hard experience too because it's hard to get in the house. It's hard to be there because you don't have any communication with with your with your family with your friends you don't have music you don't have anything in there you are just focused on fight and the pressure is is more pressure to be in there uh, you have your opponents in there in front of you all the time so you have to handle it with that you have to be prepared uh for handle, handle it all all that things and I think that that was a great experience for me and I'm pretty happy to
2: was it something that you would take part in again?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure.
2: So it, it didn't get to you at all. I mean, being in the house, being with those guys. I know that a lot of people that are on The Ultimate Fighter say it's an experience for sure, but not something they would want to do again.
0: I don't care. I, I can do it one more time. I don't care. I thought it was a good experience, too. Not just bad, yeah. Okay.
2: Now, your record is 4-1, and one, but you had some fights on the show, so your experience level is a little higher than what your record actually shows. Um, do you take that into account?
0: Well, I think my experience is not just in, the, in the MMA, uh, because I've been, well, I've been training since my five years in martial arts, Taekwondo, judo, karate, box, uh, kickboxing. So I think my experience becomes uh, than before. No, no, just to MMA fights.
2: You'll take on Charles Rosa, as I said in the introduction. He has a ten-in-one record. Um, do you feel this is a giant step up in competition compared to what uh, your record shows?
0: No, like I tell you, uh, he say he in some interviews he say. He have more experience than me. He say he have that advantage in me, but I think I have the advantage there because I have more experience in him in uh, in martial arts, not just in MMA. In martial arts, I've mean, like been I've been training since my since my five years in Taekwondo and all these sports. I think I have the advantage there.
2: So mentally speaking, you sound quite prepared for a guy like this. Does mental focus come into play in your training camps quite a bit?
0: Oh yeah, my my coaches always are preparing me to in a mental in a mental way and in, in a physical way too. They they working in, in me in, uh, in put pressure on me in all the time, so I think I'm prepared for for this kind of of pressure.
2: You said that you heard in interviews that he says that he's more experienced than you. Uh, is this something that you do? Do you check out interviews of of the opponents that that you're facing off against? Like, do you read up on the internet, and, and does that stuff get to you at all?
3: Not really,
0: but uh, I do some interviews before the year, and they they ask me that that kind of question. What I'm thinking about about Charles Lawson is he he have a uh, ten and one, I have four and one. He say. Uh, he had more experience in me, and I told him that. I, I think I have experience because I've been, I been training since like five years, so I don't worry about it.
2: Do you think him trying to say that to to these under, uh, in these other interviews is trying to get to you, uh, get in your head a little bit?
0: Yeah, probably, but I don't care because. I'm, I'm here to fight, not to talk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Now he's, he's, he came into the UFC, he, he lost his opening bout against Dennis Seaver, then he followed up with a victory. Um, is this a guy that, that you're excited to get in there against? Is he someone that, that you think will put you on a path to, uh, to big things?
0: Of course. This guy is, I know this guy is a tough fighter. Uh, uh this guy is a prospect in the UFC. Uh, but uh, I think if I win this fight, this can help me so much to to jump on at the next level. So I I really train hard for this fight. I'm pretty excited to fight.
2: I'm sure they're putting you in there. You know, it's uh, it's, it's in front of your hometown crowd in Mexico City. It's something that's, that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, uh what's it going to be like fighting for the UFC in front of your hometown crowd?
0: I. Uh, it's always a, a privilege and honor to fight in Mexico with my people uh, they are support me they support me so much in my in my social media uh, i 'm pretty happy with them and I think it, it's important to have that that sport uh, with the, with the Mexican crowd
2: How do you see this fight playing out? You two obviously both like to go for the finish um, three. Three of your four wins have come by way of stoppage. Um, how do you see the fight with Charles Rosa playing out?
0: I know he's a uh, he he finished on the most of his fights, but I think uh, he he I think he never fight with a with a guy like me. He he just he just say I'm fast and I'm talent I'm a talent guy, but I think I think I'm I'm pretty pretty good prepared for this fight, and
2: he's Do you think he's overlooking, he's overlooking you?
0: He's, uh, yeah, I think I think a little bit, you know. Uh, but I don't care. I don't care if he's overlooking me. I just, I'm just, they call me prepared for everything. I don't care if he's overlooking me. I don't care about what he say, because I'm here, like I tell him, I'm here to fight. And I'm gonna show him that, that I, I'm not a joke.
2: For sure, this will be your first fight of 2015 uh, inside the octagon. What are your plans for the rest of 2015? Would you, would you like to get in and out of this one quick and then head back into the octagon as soon as possible?
1: Uh, I don't know, you
0: know. In, in a fight, you never know who it's going to be. And you can say you you want to finish the fight, uh, the first round. But the truth is, that you never know. You have to prepare. You have to be prepared for everything. So if the fight if the fight have to be three rounds, I'm gonna fight three three rounds hard that I can, and just that. I, I even if I if I lose or if I win, I'm gonna keep training hard to my next fight. Uh, I hope to to get out of the, that cage without lesions, that way I can keep working hard like I do for this training camp and keep keep looking forward for, for my goals.
2: Well, that was a lot of fun. Two fantastic guests. Unfortunately, I got cut off there at the end of the year Rodriguez uh, interview, but you can check him out on social media. He is on Twitter at Chilito UFC. That is C H I L I T O U F C. He takes on Charles Rosa at UFC 188 this weekend. Heading to some news UFC tonight broke last night, Wednesday evening. The UFC 188 prelims are not on Fox Sports 1 like they normally are, but they are on the FX network, and they begin at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time. According to the UFC, Cowboy Cerrone is next up for the lightweight title shot. As always, you know, Cowboy says... As they said on UFC Tonight, in typical cowboy fashion, he tried to get another fight before December, but from the sounds of it, he's getting that title shot. Johnny Hendricks will be in attendance at UFC 189 for Rory McDonald versus Robbie Lawler, and from the sounds of his manager, they're expecting the next title shot and do not want anything else. Now, Kenny Florian, Misha Tate, who co-hosted UFC tonight last night, and Daniel Cormier all suggested who Dan Henderson should fight next. Kenny Florian said the number 15 ranked Rowan Carnero. Misha said Costas Philippou. And DC said Rafael Natal. I myself am not sure. Personally, I would like to see him step aside and walk away from the sport with his head held high. And uh, coming off a victory, but we know that's not going to happen. I spoke with Heath Sims about that, and and he doesn't think it'll happen either. But, you know, the big-name fights are, are what should happen. So I'm going to have to agree with DC here. That is number 13, Rafael Natal. Sounds like a matchup that could be a lot of fun. Also, another matchup that makes sense is, depending on what happens with Michael Bisping... Um, that could be a rematch that a lot of people want to see. Prediction time, as I said, on UFC Tonight, they were all three hosts of the show picking Cain Velasquez. I'm a little surprised by that because, uh, as I said, I don't know. It's interesting to see how that goes down. I'm not going to talk much about it. We broke some news this past week, though. Miles Jury out of his fight night in Chicago or UFC on Fox Belt in Chicago, Paul Felder stepping in to take on Edson Barboza. Yes, we broke that news at com. If you're listening and you've seen people post that report without sourcing us, let them know. <laughs> it's not that big a deal. I'm just sort of joking. Not really. Um, Damian Maya takes on Neil Magny. That fight is set for UFC 190 in Brazil. A uh, few fights taking place locally. Battlefield Fight League. This uh, the July card has Jeremy Kennedy versus Kyle Nelson in the main event. Kyle Nelson signs a multi-fight exclusive deal with British Columbia's own Battlefield Fight League. And in the co-main event, Ryan James puts his middleweight title up for grabs against Brendan Kornberger. This guy's the five-star Fight League middleweight champion, and my goodness, this one should be fun. There was no Eye of the Storm MMA podcast this week. Uh, Justin Pirro was feeling a little under the weather, so look for that next Monday as he's got a wicked show lined up. I believe it's a Father's Day episode if I... uh, Am correct, as well as on Sunday. Look for Ultimate Fighting Weekly with Chris Toplack. You can check that out each and every Sunday here on MMA As always, check us out on Twitter, like us on Facebook. The Twitter is at MMA My Twitter is at Jeremy six zero four. Facebook is Facebook.com/slash MMA and thank you to my sponsors, ProAmBelts.com. As always, if you want a championship belt, these guys are the place to get it. Do not go wrong and go anywhere else because, you know, ProAmBelts has what it takes. I got myself a Staff Picks belt. Uh, I won the 2014 MMA Sucker Staff Predictions. I am not up at the very top for the 2015 picks. So someone... On the MMA sucker staff, will be lucky enough to take home the 2015 championship belt. You know, you can do what you want with it. Wear it to the bar. Bring it to bed. Hell, take it on the toilet if you want. You know, these belts are friggin' awesome. I highly suggest one. Check them out at ProAmBelts.com. Also, float house. You know, if you if you don't know what flotation tanks are and uh, isolation tanks. Make sure you uh, Google that shit. Head on over to floathouse.ca and you can find out all the goods for what floating is. Um, It's extremely fun. It gets your mind into a different zone. I'm going to head over to Floathouse in downtown Vancouver probably next week. And uh, I highly suggest you checking them out as well if you live in the Lower Mainland. If you're not in the Lower Mainland and you're somewhere else, I highly bet... I've said highly a lot on this show. My goodness. Um, Well, I bet there's a float house, not floathouse.ca, but I bet you there's a, a float tank place in your area. Joe Rogan speaks highly of these places, and I am speaking highly of them myself as well. I said highly again. Twice right there. But that's okay. And that's all for this week's episode of Sucker Radio. Thank you all for riding this ship with me, sitting shotgun in my car. Whatever you want to say, but I am
1: out. It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. Out!